Hello? What up? Oh. <laughs> Coming in hot. What's I'm up? so hot right now. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, man. Uh, so I, I saw something. You got to check this out. What is it? Um, so first episode of the second season of Ugly Delicious on Netflix. First episode, second season, Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Yes, it's called Kids Menu. That's my recommendation. I'm going to check that out. Okay, talk to you in a bit. All right, bye. bye. Two friends 3,000 miles apart. Unlimited pop culture suggestions. you got to check this out with Nick and Bernard. I checked it out. What did you check out? I, you, <laughs> you called me. And said, I got to check out season two, episode one of Ugly Delicious, the Netflix show featuring the chef, David Chang. And it was a surprisingly good pick. I don't remember this conversation at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, it was great. It's great, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you definitely, you considered a few things. You played on our, our mutual love of restaurants and food. Yes. Uh, parenting is something yes. top of mind for both of us. And it has a little bit of Portland, Oregon, which was nice for me as well. Yes. Have you been to that restaurant? I have not, but it is definitely on the list. So I, I almost feel like I should. So that's, that restaurant is Han Oak. Yes. Which is not, not too far from here where I live. And I feel like I should wait until you're here. We should go there. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Visit, go to Han Oak together. In the in the in the show, the chef owner um, has Han Oak. Han Oak, the restaurant, is literally in the same physical structure as his living space. Yeah, it almost sounds too close. <laughs> Although that that also does hit another note because I also work where I live. Right. Right. See, and that's part of the reason actually, like a Portland place that also has a work firing on all cylinders here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really fascinated by this episode because I'm always, I've always been fascinated by how do you, and I'm still am even as a working parent, how do you um, balance uh, work and parenting? Like yeah. how, do you, how can you be an accessible, good parent? Um, you know, and I think that part of me, thinks about it because I want to be a good parent, right? Like, I think that, like, some people will just become parents because they're like, I wanted a kid and I can have it all. And I'm like, no, you can't have it all. You have to make choices. And I think the thing that really struck me about David Chang is I've, I know of him. I've met him a couple of times. I don't know him personally, but he has so many restaurants and has an empire. And I remember meeting him when he had, like, one shop it was a momofuku noodle bar in new york on first Ave. it's still there but they moved it down the block and how it was just like super humble like it was cash only they had like eight things on the menu you know it was like super humble and now he's like has multiple restaurants on multiple continents um and he's sort of seen as this culinary uh, wizard um and so like Having someone who owns one small restaurant, you know, like the Hanok people have to deal and like negotiate how to deal with having a kid is very different than someone like David Chang, who 
he's he's never turning it off you know that guy has so many things in his head and it shows like it shows how far away he is from like the idea of becoming a parent in his head he's really grappling it with this episode and i think that's what i liked about it you know there's that there's that scene where he's with his is it niece and she's like she's like let's make muffins and he's like okay you got to make muffins the right way and she, <laughs> she's making pretend muffins. Yeah, she's making pretend muffins. She's like, no, you gotta make, you gotta make a batter, and then you've gotta, you gotta make sift the flour. It's like, if yeah. you're not gonna make muffins the right way, why even bother? Why even bother? And I'm like, <laughs> it just so shows like you've never played with a child in your life. Like you clearly have no, like you don't do it. Like, and it's it's funny. Like he's super serious. You could tell he's like, no, you have to do it right. Oh, he's and like, because like, yeah, she puts it in the wrong type of paint. He's like, that's not, that's a cake. That's that's a that's a yeah. Well, yeah. And she like gets premise, upset and leaves, and he's whole, like, "I won't do it unless you do it right." And I was like, "You're still doing it right when you're a parent." It's like it's quite a nice production. Like they had to follow him for quite a while. It goes from yeah. it goes from him telling his parents that they're going to have a kid. Sure. And all so much emotion in the whole episode. Oh yeah. And it takes you all the way through to the birth of the child. So it's. It's really a remarkable documentary. And I thought it was, I think some people would think it's a little overstuffed. Like they, they touch upon like, um, there's a good sector. I'd say, a, you know, a quarter of the episode is talking about like food that's, that's um, at schools, you know, and there's like a chef from Noma who now owns a brigade. Uh, it's the name of the company, um, Dan Giusti. And he, like quit being, you know, the executive chef of the number one restaurant in the world to like feed kids in like Connecticut. And, you know, and like his whole mission is to like improve people, the kids' diets. Yeah. And like- I really love the part about in, about how Japan, schools in Japan- oh, I was like, I want to eat the, I always want to eat one meal like that with like these kids, they're given responsibility. The food is all, they have nutritionists. I was like, this see, and this seems like really like a delightful way to have lunch. It was always, I well, never had that sort of experience when I was that age at school. Is much more chaotic. The best, part, the best part about the school in at the elementary school in Japan is that the kids have to focus on eating for the first what was it, ten or fifteen minutes? Yes, yes. I mean, I've been in the lunchroom at my kids' public school, and it's a disaster in there. Like. Yeah. Not only the quality of the food that they serve on the on the on the hot lunch program, but also just like kids are just wild. I mean, they're not eating. They're right. Playing. It's just a, it's crazy in there. Yeah, and so like like that was really interesting to me. Like, and and also like talking about um, just like oh, they touched upon a lot of stuff. Like his wife's pregnant, and then she's like, "I'm craving sushi," so she actually goes and has sushi with someone who's written a book about. How like eating sushi or eating foods that are forbidden or yeah, for, like for being pregnant and being pregnant and, yeah it's like it's not that bad like people ha it's I mean out of all the things you could ingest this is not that bad and you you know kids are gonna be okay and um, like that uh, along with like also thinking about how like his wife is like has cravings for mac and cheese and he like goes to the store and gets like all the expensive ingredients and makes this beautiful mac and cheese and she's like. Oh no! I just want like craft macaroni and cheese out of a. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really funny how, you know, and a lot of that has to do with like specificity of craving. 
when you're pregnant. But I also think like there's something very, um, I mean, every once in a while I'll have like a mac and cheese that's out of a box for the, you know, the kids will, will be like, I want that, you know, and I'm like, okay. And I'll have it. And I'm like, this is not great, but I can see why it hits me in a very specific way in like my memory. Yeah. Like having mac and cheese as a kid and being like, this is the way. Do you have any foods that, that hit that note specifically for you that it's like, you recognize that it's not great, but it's just like the nostalgia factor is too overwhelming. Oh, for sure. There's, um, have you ever had Hawaiian, King's Hawaiian bread? Oh, I have some in the freezer right now. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I, whatever I, so I'll have it. It's very Filipino to have it. I had a lot growing up and I, and I every time I have it, I, it's like, there's something about the sweetness of it, the size of it. The boys, the the boys it. love that stuff. Yeah, it's delicious. And so, like, I'll get it at the store, and Tracy can't have it because she's gluten-free. Yeah. But the kids, that's, like, that's their snack. They just freak out when they see it. And I was like, this is bread. This is not, like, the best bread in the world. It isn't It isn't made in someone's, like, home kitchen. or Like, it's, it's not. Slightly better than, like, Wonder Bread. Yeah, know? it's, like, a step up. Yeah. It, but it's, but every time I have it, like, I am brought back to that that nostalgia like that's the that's the fry the probably the dish or food item that brings me the most home to like my childhood what about you um snyder berlin barbecue potato chips oh my gosh very specific <laughs> love those and uh a lot they of have ridges on those or is it just a no, kettle no they're chips yeah okay. they're not, no ridges famously uh michael simon's favorite chip the chef from Cleveland. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then fast food does it a lot for me. I could I can walk by like a McDonald's and have very specific cravings and memories. What did you? What was your thing when you were a McDonald's kid? Like when did you get? When it? I was a kid, kid, it was hamburger and French fries. I eventually graduated to a Big Mac, which okay. was really cool at the time. Yeah, I'm, there's probably other like the Kraft macaroni and cheese does does work for me but oh, yeah, but again those it's, chips it's, though and especially like, because i can't get those chips in portland right no no no. yeah, yeah the nostalgia of, of when you like go back to those places or you have them it, it does bring a rush of um um of, of feelings and emotions to it it's funny because it's really just it, it like it speeds you back it's like that moment in ratatouille where the critic has Ratatouille for, yeah. in the, at the end of the film. And it like transports him back to, they just flash to it. Him as a kid having this, having Ratatouille. And you see in the background, his bike was in an accident and near next to the tree. And it's just like, you know exactly what happened. Like he got into an accident, hit the tree, got upset. He came inside, was right crying. It, all in this like one brief moment, like you understand exactly we all understand that moment of feeling like I remember this brings me back so much, this moment in my life. And it just, it just brings you a lot of like, um, on we, you know, yeah. like, uh, wistfulness, Good you one. know? Um, uh, but yeah, so I, yeah. And, and so like, yeah, all those things, I thought that, I think that, um, a lot of the stuff that, um, David Chang does, I find, um, like a lot of the TV show stuff he does, I don't love. Um, with the exception of like the first season of um, a, chef, um, a chef's mind, is, 
Is this a lot of what Ugly Delicious is like? So this is the only episode I've seen of this show. Yeah, it's in the se- it only has four episodes in the second season. I think it's like six or eight in the first season. It's uh, a show that's really just about him. Um, like, you know, I, I think a lot of the like food, you know, it's, it's, it's all about Instagrammable food. I think sort of like the concept came from like his notion of like some of the most delicious food doesn't look good. It's like, it's like not pretty. Oh, I see. But it's super crazy delicious, you know, like, um, like he goes to Houston at one point and they have an amazing, um, uh, was it, I can't remember, is it Thai or anyway, he, he goes there and he's like blown away by this food and, um, and how they're like kind of reinventing this cuisine. Um, and he, is then also brought up against like all these uh, people in the region who are Asian American or uh, uh, immigrants from Asia are like, you know, uh, pro like, or anti um, immigration. Like, Oh, I want to keep people outside of, you know, I came to this country legally, you know, the idea of uh, we should keep illegal immigrants from coming in and like, because they live right on the border of Texas, you know, Mm -hmm. in Mexico and like how, he, you know, he has to, David Chang has to, like, negotiate in his head, like, I really disagree with this sentiment, you know. I understand where they're coming from, but it's, uh, they're not seeing it from a fully global perspective of, like, mm-hmm. like the xenophobic element that comes from that sentiment. Um, but I, and so, like, so some of it's, like, a lot of very unfleshed um, episodes, in my opinion, but the this show one... to tackle bigger ideas than just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if they don't do it totally successfully i do appreciate it i just don't find him nearly as um compelling a person food personality as like anthony bourdain who is one of his closest friends who passed away and he talks about it in the, in the episode we did watch right. we didn't watch how much he really misses anthony and i think he sort of sees himself as like anthony's heir uh in terms of like someone who brings food that's sort of humble and like doesn't get a lot of love um, in a global way to the masses. And I think that's what, that's what um, Anthony Bourdain always did. And that's what I think he's trying to like carry the mantle for. And I think ugly delicious really comes from that. You know, that's where he, like that concept really helps uh, um, uh, forward that thought. But yeah, no, I, I've, I've, I've always really like had sort of a, like I'm not that fascinated by David Chang overall, and yet this episode made me like him more than I've ever liked him, and it was partly because he is really grappling with becoming a parent. You know, like yeah, how do you? And I think a lot of people who are about to become first-time parents, I think they they struggle with it. They're like, how do I? How do I do? How do I negotiate? I want to be good at my job. I want to be great at my job. I don't want to give any of it up. And I think one of the things you realize in that episode is like, he married a great person. Like his wife is amazing. Yeah, sure. and it's very clear that she gets that he's who he is. And she's like, she even says, she's like, I think he's going to be a better father than he thinks he's going to be. And like believing in him in that way. And then also recognizing that he's probably going to go away for like, you know, days at a time to, you know, go to Australia or go to, you know, um, England or wherever his restaurants are, like he has to go to the you know, LA or, you know, he has to go. And so I think that there's something to, um, 
finding the right, I mean, I, I think you and I would agree, like finding a, a partner that, um, that you want to be parents with is as important as being a parent, you know, being a parent with someone who you're not like, you're just not on the same wavelength in terms of the kind of parent you want to be. Um, yeah, that's tricky business. It's really tricky. And like being a parent is one thing, but being a parent, when you are doing it with someone else, you have to have the same set of goals. You know, you have, you have to on, on like a macro level, have that. And I think that's one of the things that you've realized pretty instantly when you're watching this episode is he's really lucky. He has someone who like understands that like he's an icon and he is, he's going to be less physically present than probably some people. And she's okay with that. And he's going to give it 110% in everything. But, you know, if he was with like someone who's like a, you know, another high powered chef or something, I think that she, maybe that wouldn't work. Um, but I think that he found someone who's like, you know, and especially early on in like their, in that kid's life, I'm sure they like could bring him everywhere, you know, be like, you're too young. You're just going to, you know, and you did the same thing when you traveled with your, your kids when they were young, right? Like you just be like, we're just going to all go. Like that's just the way yeah. it is. Until they go to school, like you might as well just take advantage of the way flights are and like the, as tough as it is and all the gear that you have to lug around the um once you're there in the space that you are trying to get to like it's actually pretty awesome yeah for sure well this was a uh very good pick i feel like um i have the bar has been set yes i'm gonna are you gonna, I'm gonna are you gonna give me recommendation now no 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 yeah no well they're insular i don't have one huh oh, you don't have one okay it's gonna be so bad <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> like why am i watching this <laughs> there's a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of that i think is it gonna be like me giving you great recommendations and you giving me really terrible uh, and then you fi- only to find out that i've never seen it <laughs> yeah you're, you're just like tell me more about what that. tell me what do you think you're like what do you think nick what was this part about the the dog fight and like, you're like yeah yeah it's, what do you do well what did you think bernard and I'm like, i didn't like it like yeah no me too i didn't like it what didn't you like about it and then there's like a point where i say like wait a minute nick did you did you read did you watch this <laughs> long pause <laughs> no no i didn't uh all right well podcast episode number one in the bag in the bag Thank you.